things happen. Every team that I've ever been on, things things have happened. Um, by the way, I kicked MJ's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Brush your teeth. I'm Zach Harper. We've got Big Watts. We've got Rob Lopez. Not only talking, but he's also on the ones and twos. we got drama with the dubs. We've got a bounce back win for the Rockets. We've got the Cavs winning as Kyle Corbett trade rumors are swirling all over the place. But first, let's get to this Warriors-Hawks game. But not really the game so much as Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. We got drama, Big Waz. Draymond Green apparently called KD a uh, That's alleged. I don't know if we need to quack that, Rob, but what we do need to do is say that Katie's free agency was brought up as a point of contention between the two at the end of the Clippers game when they uh, when Draymond Green turned the ball over as opposed to giving the ball to Katie for the win. So, Big Waz, what do you make out of this drama from Golden State? Wait, are, are we really implying that... <laughs> Are we really implying that KD, that Draymond brought up the fact that KD has a contract coming it's up? A, it's a weird thing to bring up in a huddle, but I, apparently this is what happened. Well, look, as I reported on the as basketball. You reported, as uh, you yeah, reported. Yeah, 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 yeah. As, gotcha. as, I, as I reported so eloquently on the basketball buds earlier um, on Tuesday, People around KD are telling everybody that he's gone. They're saying that it's a done deal, that he's gone, and I heard that he's going to New York. And if I'm hearing it, that means Draymond Green's hearing the same stuff. Right. And so it doesn't surprise me that he would talk slick in the locker room, but a part of me just makes just thinks that they're just trying to make this stuff a little bit more interesting. Everybody knows what's happening. Everybody knows it's a formality. They just want to make the season a little spicier, if you will. Draymond Green was suspended for tonight's game That's against excessive. the Atlanta Hawks. It is excessive. The Hawks won one, or I'm sorry, the Warriors won 110-103 over the Hawks. Uh, Katie had 29 points. Clay, Clay Thompson had 24. No Steph Curry in this game, obviously, because of the groin injury. But in terms of just what this means for the Warriors, you can see all the other teams around the NBA are hoping this is the implosion. Yeah, and and so am I, honestly. I want to get back to watching normal NBA basketball, meaning, like, where there's a shot that a team isn't going to win the championship, you know, during a given season, right? Wait, uh, you don't you don't want this you don't want this parody stuff, was? No, 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 no. I didn't say I want parody. That's not what I said. But shit, man, you give me four teams that actually have a legitimate shot. That's all I need. I don't I don't really need the other twenty some odd teams to be close or whatever. You give me four solid great teams. I'm good with that. Rob, what do you make of this? Uh... This Draymond Green, Kevin Durant stuff. Because here's the thing that I don't know. It was a little underreported last year, but these guys, like, or not just these two, but the whole team, like, not feuding, but they were sniping at each other last year. Like, this is a Warriors thing. Yeah, I mean, Draymond. We've seen Draymond do it before in the huddles and and whatever. Even he, I think he did it once with Steph, I think, or or, or Clay. Uh, like you were saying, I think in the playoffs they did it. But the biggest thing for me, honestly, like looking at it like optics-wise, is did they really need to suspend Draymond tonight? I mean, he just came back the last game from an injury. They could have just said, eh, you know, he's dealing with some stuff, whatever. Did they really have to like actually go out of their way and say he's suspended, suspended without pay? Like they're trying to set a, 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 um, a precedent for something here, and I don't know what it is. I mean, like 
they beat the Hawks. I mean, beat them by seven, I guess, barely beat them, but they didn't need Draymond Green tonight. So, like, did they really have to say he's suspended? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. have to put that out there like that? Like, it, well, I don't know. Was, it seems a little weird. Well, was, here's what I think is if you want to get Kevin Durant to resign this summer, you got to start, you got to start playing the game. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I guess Draymond Green is under contract for a little bit longer, which is cool. But, and so like, there's nothing he could really do about it, but you just didn't need to do, I, I guess, you know, they, like if this would have happened only in the locker room, meaning he called him a B I T C H or, you know, said that he was soft or whatever. And it happened in closed doors. That'd be one thing, but he was doing it live on TV in front of thousands, too. if yeah, in front of thousands, if not millions of people, uh, I can kind, I I kind of get where they're going with that. I don't know. That seems kind of soft. It's too much. It's too- it seems like something that could have been kept internal, as opposed to having to publicly suspend him for that. It cut too deep was the quote. <laughs> it cut too deep. Oh my god, listeners. Every Wednesday, and today is Wednesday for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash B2B. You're going to deposit $5 in your account. FanDuel is going to match that $5. That gives you $10 in your account. And you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. Shout out last week's winner, Matt in AQ. He was on the Friday mailbag because he won the Wednesday challenge. He took home the victory in our special fan contest where the winner appears on a CTD show. Again, fanduel.com slash B2B. Come join us, play, win money. All right, guys, let's go to the Rockets Nuggets. That was the big game on the night, even though the big news was coming out of Oakland. Rockets 109, Nuggets 99. Carmelo Anthony out again with a, I would just call it an illness or a foot injury, or a, they don't want him there anymore. They're going to waive him. So his reps are looking into the best options for him after he leaves Houston. James Harden, 22 points, 11 assists, five rebounds. Chris Paul had a good game, 21 points, five rebounds, four assists. Clint Capella killed the Nuggets inside, killed him. 24 points, nine rebounds. Jokic had 14, 12, and seven. Uh, Monte Morris led the Nuggets with 19 points. This was a good test for the Rockets who have obviously struggled quite a bit. The Nuggets are on a little bit of a slide, but to go into Denver when that game on the road was like, that's a nice rebound for the Rockets. And as I tried to mention earlier, and I hate to re- reference the basketball buds, make sure you subscribe to back to back the podcast. Uh, look, a team like the Rockets is straight poison for Jokic. They're going to spread him out. They're going to make him move his feet. They're going to make him defend vertically. Like, he, like all of the things that he's Chris absolutely Paul horrible at. tonight. Chris Paul cooked him. Shot clock winding down. One out one with Jokic. Oh, pulls back, reloads, shoots, scores. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All the things that he's absolutely terrible at, a team like the Rockets or the Warriors, or I would argue even the Blazers, is is poison for him. And so when when you ask me, am I in and out on this Denver team? I'm like, look, if if Nikola Jocic is going to continue to be their best player and they're going to need to play him big minutes against these elite teams, these killer teams, these guards who who, you know, can pull up from wherever and finish at the rack, like, and force this guy to make 12 million calculations and decisions and try to freaking do foot fires. Like he's finished. He's finished. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the problem is that 
you can't feel confident playing him defensively down the stretch. And I know what the bloggers will say, and I know what the numbers say, and all this crap about he's better. Man, if he was yeah. better, they wouldn't be subbing out for Mason Plumley at the end of That's games. That's it. That's it. And I That's love it. that I love that you're saying Jokic. But you're saying Jokic because it is three <laughs> soft consonants for him. I love the shade, Waz. I love that. But at the same time, this Denver team is good. I do think they're good. Yeah. But they're on a, they're on a bit of a slide, and they have to figure out what their identity is because they don't play at a fast pace. And they didn't play at a fast pace last year, but I think they need to run a little bit more opportunistically. And, and to borrow a spade, uh, to borrow a spade, to borrow a phrase from my man Bomani Jones, they're a team full of low spades, man. Yeah, like you know, like they got nice players. Like these got the, Jochich, not so much. I feel like if you're not, you know, optimizing what he does on offense, he's so bad on defense. It's like, eh. But but somebody like Millsap, Jamal Murray, uh, my man from Michigan State. I always forget oh Gary Harris. Gary yes. Harris. Uh, these guys are these guys would be fantastic plug and play pieces on you know real teams. But to to ask them to be the the engines that carry a a team that's supposed to go deep into the playoffs, eh? Not seeing it. Yeah, Rob. I, I wonder if in terms of like just the Rockets bouncing back, it doesn't obviously fix what's been a problem so far. But they did seem tonight to kind of simplify what they were trying to do and get back to, I don't want to say Rockets basketball, but at least get back to some of what they were doing last season. Yeah, and, and you know, watching them tonight, they looked, I mean, Chris Paul, James Harden looked like the backcourt we saw last year. You know, that that dynamic to all-star backcourt. It was interesting, though, too, because Gary Clark, you know, the guy who was this, the, the, the guy who got mellow benched, he actually got hurt in the game. So, like, he didn't, he only played 15 minutes tonight. Um, so, like, I think this Rockets team is really still kind of undefined in who they are and what they are. Um, obviously Melo has to go. Uh, their their bench is now only seven people deep, and one of the guys is Isaiah Hartenstein. So, like, you know, that's not a real person, right? So, like, Houston has to do something here. I, I, I it is a good win. You know, beat the Denver, beat them with the altitude and all that stuff. Sure. Um, Chris Paul made Jokic look silly, like I said, but they have to figure out what they're going to do with this rotation going forward. I mean, PJ Tucker played forty one minutes tonight. Um, Eric Gordon played 33 off the bench. I, it, they have to get the rotation extended because last year, you know, we saw them bring out whoever they could put out on the court. And if they're just going to be running out, you know, Marquise Chris, or Michael Carter-Williams as their deep bench hopes, even though they didn't play tonight, you know, that's going to be trouble, especially as the, as the postseason comes across. But I'm, I'm sure Dale Murray has – I don't know what he has, but he, he has something that that's going to probably right the ship a little bit, especially once they get mellow out of there. And I would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, even in a loss for for Black Trey. Wancho! And now we're gonna do five minutes with an expert because we need expert opinion. So we bring on Jessica Camarado, covers the Philadelphia 76ers, does an incredible job. Uh Jess, one, thank you for joining us. Two, Jimmy Butler. Good press conference, bad press conference. What did you take away from his mostly empty words before he tears apart another locker room? <laughs> well, okay, then. Uh, good press conference started off with some uh, donuts that had Jimmy Butler's face on them. So that's oh, all wow. start, you know, starting your day off with like sugar, decorative donuts. But yeah, no, uh, Jimmy Butler was all smiles in Philadelphia at his introductory press conference, minus the fact that he said the past few days have been so crazy that his suit didn't get there in time. So he was, he was business casual for the introductory press conference, but, uh, but no, he sat up there with Elton brand and Josh Harris and, uh, 
also Justin Patton, who was included in the trade. And he talked about his excitement level playing with the team. He had been watching Sixers uh, game footage, watched the game the previous night, was saw the potential, talked a lot about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, where he'll fit. So all very positive, looking to put the past behind him and move forward with the Sixers. Yeah, I actually, I'm actually just kidding. I actually think he's going to be a great fit for them, even personality-wise, because the difference between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns is Joel Embiid seems to bring it in the way that Jimmy Butler kind of implored Cat uh, to do and, and, and never quite did. Whereas Joel Embiid, like I think it's pretty clear, he's the best player on this team. He's sort of the de facto leader of this team, and I think Jimmy will actually fall in line better with him than he did with, with the young guys on the Timberwolves. Yeah, it's definitely a different scenario. The Sixers have, you know, they they solidified their young core before Jimmy Butler arrived. So this is, you know, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and now it's more like Jimmy Butler's coming into what is now the popular phrase of a big three versus who's going to be the leader and the young guys and who, you know, and some of the not as sorted out dynamic as there was on the uh, Timberwolves. So what do you, what's your sense of how, what the next move is? Obviously we, we know there's a little bit of a depth issue for the Sixers. We know that they need more shooting. Um, I don't know if that's remedied by a trade or do they just wait for the, for the buyout? It, it seems like Elton brand was very aggressive in making this move, but maybe he has to be more patient moving. Yeah, this could definitely be a situation where Elton brand. And I mean, let, we can get into this, but the fact that he's been a GM for like a day and this is the move that he pulls off, but he was really excited and eager to make this move early in the season because he said that he didn't like exactly where the team was on opening night. So when this opportunity presented itself, yeah, he went for it. He said, you got to take a shot on Jimmy Butler. But in terms of the next move, now I think the Sixers will wait a little bit. Uh, you know, they could wait until the trade deadline. They've over the past few seasons had a lot of luck in the buyout situation following the trade deadline, but there's going to be so much that needs to be sorted out with the Sixers, their lineups, there's rotations and everybody's role. So before they look to add new pieces, I think they need to address the players that they do have, figure that situation out and then say, all right, well, moving towards the playoffs as they get closer to that, who can come in and compliment. So then what do we do with Mark? Faults. I mean, obviously the, the free throw stuff last, you know, uh, Monday night was weird. Uh, we have a lot of like just up and downs with him. They've really tried to insert him into the starting lineup and make him a, you know, kind of catch him up to speed, but it, I wouldn't say it's exactly work. So do they move him out of the starting lineup with this? Do they bring JJ Redick back and let Markel kind of freelance in that second unit? That all remains to be seen. I, I would expect the Sixers to do some experimenting with different lineups. But the thing with Markel Fultz is he's such a young player. He's played so few games that I think if they want to continue this growth and progress with him, it would be a benefit for him to stay in the starting lineup. Just because, you know, if you're him and then Jimmy Butler comes in and all of a sudden you're out of the starting lineup, you're probably going to feel some kind of way about that. So it's it reminds me similar to when, you know, they took Dario Sarge out of the starting lineup, but he was able to feel more at ease in the starting lineup. It would be a big change, I think, for Markel if they took him out. But again, given that it is so early in the season, uh, I think they could go either way with it. But I do expect to see them doing some experimenting here and there. So I guess what is the what's the goal of this season? Do they believe that this puts them in a real like likelihood to make the NBA finals. Did, did this move get made a little bit out of panic and seeing that, Hey, Toronto's really good. Boston's really good. And now Milwaukee has moved up a notch. Like, do they, do they find themselves to be with that group at the top or do searching a little bit? 
The East to me is it's kind of anybody's game this early on in the season. It's funny when you talk to the players, they're like championship championship. I asked Jimmy Butler, what would be success for you this season? He's like, obviously we're thinking about championships. The guys got a taste of what the playoffs were like last year and they want more. They want more. But Elton brand, you know, he's been around the league for about 20 years now. He understands it doesn't just happen overnight. So while the guys are thinking, NBA finals, he's saying, you know, let's take this one step at a time, just continue to grow because while the Sixers, you want to win now when the Jimmy Butler contract situation, it's not like it was with some other teams where like they're a veteran team and the window of opportunity is this season or everyone's going to retire. This is really just the beginning for the Sixers and the very, in the beginning of a very new chapter for them with Jimmy Butler. All right, Jess, thank you so much for the time. Follow her on Twitter at Jessica Camarado and, uh, and, follow her on uh, Instagram, Jay Camarado. You do stuff in Spanish too, which, which confuses me because I never expect it. Well, you know, I like to throw curveballs every now and again, and also put my college education to use. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Thanks. One more game on the slate tonight. Cavs 113 Hornets 89. Is that score right, Rob? 113 89. The Hornets just wet the bed. Kyle Corver was out with a foot injury as trade rumors swirl per Mark Stein of the New York times newsletter, heavily linked to the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to be a hot commodity on the trade market. Cavs won by 24 without Kevin love, no Chetty Oseman, no Kyle Corver, no George Hill, no Sam Decker or the Sam Decker thing doesn't matter, but the other four guys can play. Uh, Hornets were eight of 41 from three. Kemba Walker was horrendous seven points, two of 16 from the field. He didn't score for like the first 15 minutes of the game. Jeremy land had 22 points, but Tristan Thompson had 11 points, 21 rebounds, five assists. Uh, the Hornets as Kemba Walker goes, this team goes and they got blown out because Kemba couldn't play loss. Yeah. Uh, Kemba Walker, when he is playing absolutely great, they have a puncher's chance against what we call good teams. You know, uh, when he's not playing well at all, they are basically the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's true. Like Rob, like watching them. And we talked about this on basketball buds of, or basketball. Buds, I'm sorry. Um, earlier on, on Tuesday of like, Man, these games where Kemba can't can't go and and the team turns into like more of a coin flip. If Kemba can't go, this isn't a coin flip. Like they just suck because their second best player is like Cody Zeller. Right, and and even though Cody Zeller only had nine points tonight, Jeremy Lane stepped up. He had twenty two points. I mean, you can't like squander those opportunities, especially a team like the Cavs. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. They benched four or five rotation guys tonight due to injury or whatever is going on there. And they lost by like 24 points. I mean, that's horrible. This Hornets team is supposed to be a playoff team and they just got blown out by probably the worst team in the league. The, the, a team that has dedicated themselves to the no limit tank. Right. Okay. They got blown uh, out. Not eight for 41 from three. And they shot 34% from the field. Like that's a, just, just a bad night, bad shooting night. I mean, it, it it's just it, and the Cavs turned it over ten more times than them. So like I don't understand how the Hornets lost this bad. It was just yeah. a, a bad game. The, the irony that Michael Jordan presides over a middling NBA franchise is Super never mediocre lost team, guys. Here's my here's my question. To you was is like I think before the season we talked a a bit about like maybe the Cavs won't be that bad, and in the first twelve games. They were so bad, right? Like one and eleven. They have the worst differential. All this stuff, but shouldn't we expect more of this out of like those middling teams 
that they go up against that maybe aren't um, aren't clicking that night. Like the Cavs should look better, even without all these guys. Like there's still enough talent on this roster. They should be okay when they're healthy. Yeah, but they'd have to be. They'd also have to be dedicated to playing hard, man. Yeah, that's like fair. they have enough veterans on the team that it's just like they know they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> they know this is a lost season so long as they're on this team. You know, they're human beings. They're not dumb. They know what the team is. So the idea that they would come out and, you know, bust their asses every night is is crazy to me. And that's, you know, remember those Bulls teams, those last Bulls teams that Tibbs was throwing out there with Nate Robinson's, yeah, like, right. their best score? But, like, the team stunk. But they went out and executed and played hard every single night so they could get to 42 wins. I, I, they don't have those type of players and don't have that type of coach, um, these Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Rob, real quick, uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, maybe these guys decided, like, oh, if I play well, maybe I'll get traded. Yeah, I mean that would be true, but like it was just like Jordan Clarkson and Tristan Thompson. I mean, like (laughs) nobody wants to trade for Jordan Clarkson. Either guy. I mean, Tristan looked actually like like shades of the prime. I guess the prime. I mean, Jesus, he's only still like twenty six. Prime is like like three three series in the two thousand sixteen playoffs. He looked like the old Tristan Thompson tonight. But I mean, again, against the Hornets team, they just I mean, they just didn't show up tonight. And you get those from time to time. But I mean, all the guys they would want to trade that have value didn't play. So maybe they're maybe they're blind by those ugly ass Cavs oh city jerseys. God. It looks. God, like it a, looked. It looked even worse on TV. It looked like they should have just just straight up just uh, put on the Sean Kemp, Bobby Sora era. Exactly. It, it looked like if you're on 2K and you're trying to like redesign a, a uniform a and move a team. Jersey. Yeah, but you get too lazy <laughs> to figure it out. Like, so you just stick with that. Pick That's what it looks like. Pattern. Or yeah, it looks like the a jersey. Pattern. It looks like a jersey if you put the scrambled porn filter on it. That's what exactly what it is. It's, <laughs> it's a scrambled porn filter. That's what the jersey looks like. All right, guys. One more thing. Cottonbureau.com. You're going to search count the dings. We have one day left to pre-order our shirts. We have four shirts on there. We got the uh, the the ding pin. We got the golden do-rag pin from the BOMM. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. Great shirts on there. But you only have one more day to pre-order. So go to cottonbureau.com slash count the dings. Pre-order our shirts. Don't miss out because they are not going to come back if you miss out. Cottonbureau.com slash count the dings. Search count the dings. Get it. All right, guys, I got two nominees for line of the night. Tristan Thompson, 11 points, 21 rebounds, five assists, or James Harden, 22 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, three steals. Both got wins. Waz, who you got? It's got to be Tristan Thompson because he played like a guy who plays for a team that's that's the team to beat in the East, right? (laughs) Hey, you got to go through Cleveland. You got to go through Cleveland because they've been to four straight NBA finals, four straight Eastern Conference championships, in other words. So Tristan Thompson actually played of a guy worthy of that title. Rob, who you got? Well, I was going to do a curveball and pick KD, 29 points. Nine for oh, wow, that's a curveball. That's actually a fastball well, right right down the plate, bro. Well, he was he was <laughs> the only Warrior starter in negative plus minus tonight at negative seven, so I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm actually going to go with Clint Capella. Clint Capella had a okay. good night against one of the best – I guess you could say one of the best big men in the league. You know, 24 points, nine boards. And like Zach, not like on defense. Said, well, like you said earlier, though, he did a great job uh, beasting on them in the paint. 
Um, he did. He was fantastic, of course, with Harden and, and uh, Chris Paul in the pick and roll. He just looked really good tonight, and and they're going to need him if they want to really um, make a push for the title. Yeah, what was the uh, Rob just gave it to a guy who went to an all you can eat buffet and ate a lot. That's all he did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it to Tristan too. Cause I didn't think Tristan had this kind of game in him, even against the Hornets. I thought he had checked out mentally. So 11 points, 21 rebounds, five assists. I'll give Tristan Thompson my line of the night. Uh, check out the basketball buds from Tuesday. We had Mike Prater from SB nation. Phenomenal episode. So good. We didn't really know how to cut it up. So we just put the whole thing out there because we couldn't fit it into two spots. And we didn't want to put extra on the Patreon. Uh, be sure to check out the BOMM feed on its own. It's your favorite podcast pl- platform that you can find it anywhere. Look out for new woke bros mailbag coming soon. And also don't forget to rate, subscribe to BOMMM, to basketball buds, to daily ding, to Kian Fahey's NFL pod with the interceptable. which has got a new episode coming out with yours. Truly the house of Strauss guys. We got it all. Thanks for waking up with us. Don't burn those egos. Brush your teeth. Big Waz, Rob Lopez, Zach Harper, ding ding for the one and only Black Trey.